a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and minister the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy. Maybe. The, maybe. the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more uh, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? <laughs> if you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. <laughs> Like skydiving without a parachute, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> I, you've used that before. I have? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, like scuba, scuba diving without oxygen, this maybe is that's, Table Maybe that's talk. what you said, actually. Never mind. Oh. Go back to the Like skydiving sky without a parachute. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Never heard that before. Hey, I heard a joke the kids said the other day. You ready for this? Uh-huh. What did one lawyer say to another lawyer? What? We are both lawyers. <laughs> that's the kind I don't of humor. even know why that's funny. I finally found your replacement. <laughs> the kids? Yes. <laughs> Corporately. <laughs> Let's get four microphones there. Yeah, oh yeah. Ah, but good. Well, what, tell us what is in store for today's edition of Table Talk Radio. Well, while I try to figure out how to send my feed from grappling videos from YouTube over to my new blog, you're going to be playing uh, Named That Problem with the Licensed Deacon Nonsense <laughs> and, oh, and Preaching to Hollywood. We got we got stuff to listen to today. I like it when we have stuff to listen to. You can sit back. Yeah, less talking. Relax. Those are the shows that get the most downloads. That's right. That's right. Least Someday time. we should just do all bumps, no talking, one bump after another. Yeah, bumps, sound Best bites. That'll be pretty good. Ever. Uh, What's a license plate deacon? The... What's an LLD? Okay, I'm going to give you a buzzword. It's license lay deacon. <laughs> okay. Can I, I didn't even have it? that, but I just thought of it right now. An imaginary thing that doesn't exist in the Bible, but invented by the LCMS in Wichita. <laughs> a license right? like deacon. This is slightly inside baseball, by the way. But I don't. I think we could be not inside baseball with this topic because you know Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he gave gifts to men, and some he appointed prophets, others evangelists, others. Uh, 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 apostles, that was first, and then others, pastors and teachers for the building up of the body of Christ and for the work of the ministry, etc. Now, Jesus then uh, invented this thing called the office of pastor. 
And he puts people in there so that they'd preach and administer the sacraments. They'd be stewards of the mysteries of God. That's how Paul talks about it. But um, sometimes we kick against the goads and we uh, get a little bit rebellious. And for one reason or another, and, and the reason that we have these days is, is simply pragmatism. We say, hey, it's too much trouble to have pastors. We need to have people act like pastors who aren't pastors. And that is what a licensed lay deacon is. It's someone who's a lay person, not a pastor. That's the lay part. And they're a servant in the church. That's the deacon part. And they're licensed. That's the means that someone in the church said, go ahead and act like a pastor. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a patient doctor. <laughs> or <laughs> or That's right. a criminal policeman. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> I think the great, best part about this is, you know how we're against emergencies? Yes. Uh, now, the the basis of the license ID, the, the rationale that sits behind it is an emergency. There's an emergency in the church. Not enough pastors, too many people, whatever. We've got to get more people acting like pastors around here. So we got the license laid deacon. Got it. My yeah. theological buzzword for you is nonsense. <laughs> and nonsense, as I'm defining off the cuff, is when you make arguments based upon church practice that have no basis in the word of God. That is nonsense. Okay. Nonsense. <laughs> By the way, are we still... Have we... Has the resolution made it to the floor committee yet that will be meeting this summer for the LCMS convention that nonsense will not be tolerated at the convention? No. Huh. So that's still going to the floor committee is what you're saying. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 my, my nonsense resolution, I don't think made it. Uh, Point no, of it order. Was the, that's nonsense. It was, no, it was the ridiculous resolution. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. It, is it made it, if anything standing, if the standing rule that if anybody said anything ridiculous, you could immediately stop the conversation. <laughs> Point of order. That's ridiculous. <laughs> this is just cancel the whole thing. I'm glad we don't that's have that standing I, rule on uh, this show. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, the subject matter for today's show, um, I found this email that came from um, the Rocky Mountain, no, Northwest <laughs> District. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're promoting this website to try and uh, influence people. You know, this is the fascinating thing that um, we're constantly being told by um, the missionalists that there is no such thing as an institution and there is no such thing as an authority. Meanwhile, those in authority trying to <laughs> try to wield their influence. I mean, it's just the most ironic thing in the entire world because it is <laughs> ironic. Normally, if you have a, a position of authority, you're given things to do. Um, but when you say that authority doesn't exist and you hold authority, it's like, well, then. Uh, why don't why don't you really do a favor for missionalism and sell your office and get rid of your desks and your staffs and everything else? But yeah. never mind that. Um, anyway, I know if these. I think these guys that are so you know such great geniuses at church growthing should actually get out there and do some of it. Be a good idea. So griping about us. Anyway, a website was formulated to try and influence voters to this year's convention and including this video from the northwest district about licensed lay deacons and this is the video let's stop and go on this as as you <laughs> feel led huh <laughs> so far i like it 
I like the music. Ever wonder if the LCMS needs a reformation in leadership training and support? Okay. Ever wonder <laughs> <laughs> if the LCMS needs a reformation in leadership training and support? Uh, uh, leadership. Training. Go. <laughs> Go ahead, Pastor. Where Mark. do we? Yeah, that's a. Inter- <sighs> this is kind of turn on the rant, but it's getting, you know, it's kind of just ridiculous is what I think it is, is that we're obsessed with the language of leadership. Um, we're obsessed with the idea of leadership. We're obsessed with the with the notion that the pastor is a leader. And these guys always start talking about leadership. And I want to say, what the heck are you talking about? I mean, first of all, have you ever met a pastor that you would consider a leader? No. But have you ever met a prophet or apostle that you would consider a leader? Like, Paul is the leader of the Church of Ephesus. It doesn't even make sense. It's a completely different category. And these guys know it. And so you know what they do? This is great. They say, well, we're not just talking about leaders. We're talking about servant leaders. That's the same as a licensed lay deacon. (laughs) That's the same as a patient doctor, a servant leader. (laughs) I mean, the, the nice thing about the extra L on licensed lay deacon is that uh, it tries to give some credibility, but the credibility that's coming from is this authority or institution that shouldn't exist, according to the missionalists. So it's like saying, um, you know, the, the it's like the police officer advocating for anarchy, <laughs> or <laughs> the uh, the judge saying that we should have no judges, or like the boss saying we should have no bosses. You know, it just doesn't make yep. sense. But anyway. Yep. Yep, yep. Um, so this this video is asking the question whether or not uh, the LCMS needs a reformation in leadership training. We'll let the video continue. A recent survey of 28 first call pastors in the West Coast districts found an average student debt burden of $55,000, with 10 of the other pastors reporting debt in excess of $75,000. Okay, so now... Um, what is the reason, the basis for the necessity for a reformation in leadership? The first point to submit to you in in making you think that we do need a reformation for leadership is pastor debt. Now, what does pastor debt have to do with the necessity of a reformation of leadership? Right, that's right. So that should be, does you ever think we need a reformation in the cost of seminary training? <laughs> yes, I have thought that. But, you know, the, <laughs> one of the things is, if you want to become a genius in the church bureaucracy, you got to learn three things, okay? There's three, generally there's three committees that run the show, uh, that, that determine what we're going to do in the church. About 30 seconds. Now, then these three committees, which I can, I know like the back of my hand, but I'll explain later. But they are the make it make the idea dumber committee, make it cost more committee, and then the super secret, make sure the solution makes the problem worse committee. <laughs> Sounds like uh, the conventions, uh, the committees that are set forth by a convention. Let's uh, take a break and then we'll continue listening to this video. You're on Table Talk Radio. Table 
Real Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back. Makes you want to get excited for this topic, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, we're listening to a uh, video, and you were telling me about the three committees, the Make Things More Expensive Committee, uh, Things uh, Dumber Committee, uh, and uh, what was the last one again? Uh, The Make Sure the Solution Makes the Problem Worse Committee. Now, is there an adjunct committee to those committees that uh, make sure that we have to justify our existence committee. Uh, yeah, that's part of the make sure the make the, the solution makes a problem worse because as long as there's problems, ah, you yeah, see, if 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 a commodity if a committee does its job too well, it might dissolve itself. So it has right. To- so you don't actually want to solve the problem that you were created to solve because then what are you going to do after that? Right. Right. All right. Okay. All right, let's continue in this video that was, um, I don't know who produced it per se, but it was uh, at least promoted by the Northwest District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Many congregations are also in debt and are facing decline. In the Northwest District alone, one-third of all congregations self-identified in a survey as being in major decline. Now there's that self-identity we couldn't live without. That's right, (laughs) I know. So look, if a lay person self-identifies as a pastor, then... Who are we? <laughs> That's right. We'll have to go to the, the little. We see a, it's just like you know you're in the ladies' restroom and some dude walks in and everybody screams. You're in the you're in the church and some dude walks into the pulpit and everybody, ah! <laughs> What's he doing up hey, there? I hey. self-identify it's as a, a pastor. New, it's a new day. <laughs> it's a, you you got you know you bunch of bigots expect a pastor to go into the pulpit. <laughs> just put a little sign on the pulpit that says. Pastors. <laughs> That's so rude. You're going to get sued for that and, kind of stuff. And then you have, you have those who just dress like pastors. <laughs> That's right. And then those who are, I don't know, have theological operations to... Uh, nonetheless. Rising costs for benefits and salaries and plummeting funds, as well as shrinking numbers of pastors, are a reality. Options now, okay, so say, but stop the stop the tape there. This is here, here. So here's an example of make sure that one of the ways that you can make sure that the solution makes the problem worse is by identifying the uh, wrongly identifying the problem. So seminaries expensive. Okay, problem. Now, so then you say, well, the problem is seminary. <laughs> it's like, wait, a, wait a minute, a minute. It's like that beef is contaminated. The problem is beef. You see, well, I mean, and again, what what would stop us from applying the same argument to the medical field? So, have you ever thought that uh, th- there's a a problem with doctors? It turns out that doctors come out of medical school with three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Well, does that mean they're bad doctors? Are people right. are people not being healed because there's medical debt? I don't get it. Yeah. That's right. So if you can misidentify the problem, you're halfway there to making sure the solution makes the problem worse. <laughs> That's right. This is like, I mean, this is insider stuff because most people, you know, to be on these, the, the real super geniuses we normally think are on the make sure the solution makes the problem worse. So this is, this is how this goes. It's like, okay, we got an emer- so first you got an emergency. There's a bunch of churches that can't afford pastors. So they say, okay, the solution is 
we need cheap pastors because <laughs> obviously that's a solution. So how are you going to get cheap pastors? Well, you got to not train them. Okay, okay. So then you go and you say, well, we got to start this program to not train cheap pastors. <laughs> and then and then you got a program, and so you got to support the program. You got you got to pay people. So so you ended up paying, people are yeah. paying to go into the program. <laughs> It costs money anyways, and then you get not trained cheap pastors out of the, and they're expensive. sitting around. And the problem is the congregation, the, the congregations, uh, you know, there's not enough of these emergency situations to get these guys. So then you got another emergency situation. We got a lot of cheap pastors sitting around, cheap not pastors sitting around, and now we need to create more churches to do it. This is a perfect, perfect example of not the that the, this is about this idea is bouncing back and forth between the make it more expensive <laughs> this is make sure the idea is dumb and the make sure the solution makes the problem worse i mean it's just textbook right now we should say theologically the problem that we have with licensed lay deacons we probably should have started with this um well i guess we did kind of you, you talked about this that um what authorizes uh, a man to speak in the stead and by the command of christ what authorizes a man i, I should say publicly speaking uh, within the context of the church in preaching, what what what, what authorizes a man to administer the sacrament, um, so that people know that this is being done by God's uh, appointed servant, um, and what authorizes a man to baptize uh, in normal instances, not in reference to emergencies here, um, what what authorizes someone to hold that office in the stand by the command of Christ is a divine call. Now, what we're, what we're saying, or we're asking of the licensed lay deacons is to carry out the responsibilities, the burdens of the office, without actually having been given the office. So it'd be like t- telling the police, the, t- no, telling, telling a guy, hey, go pull that car over, they're speeding, or go stop that bank robbery, tell them you're a police officer, and you're like, but I'm not a police officer, I don't care, tell them you are. You, you don't have a badge, you don't have a gun, but, but go, go stop the burglar. But I'm not a police officer. Go to it. You know? So here, here's someone's place with these uh, great burdens of the office without actually being called into the office. All we're insisting upon is that those who carry out the functions of the office actually be placed into the office through an ordinary call. Yep. All right. We continue. Aging remote or new start congregations are being reduced. For example, there are currently hundreds of deacons serving across many districts. There are 73 deacons in the Northwest District alone, but a Synod Task Force is recommending they cease ministry or become pastors, even though 90% of all licensed lay deacons do not choose seminary for a variety of reasons. Okay. At what percentage? 90% of licensed lay deacons do not choose seminary. For a variety of reasons, okay. Now, Re- we got to remember that? Yeah, and, it, and the screen also says this could cost as much as $50,000 per student. So, so far, the argument is that we need a reformation of leadership in the LCMS because seminary training is expensive and licensed lay deacons don't want to go to seminary. So the task force, uh, the task force opinion should be rejected on the basis that they don't want to go to seminary and it's expensive. Uh, so far, we haven't heard really any argument from the Word of God, which is, by definition, nonsense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Remember, that's nonsense. We'll continue. In case you wondered, a licensed lay deacon is a trained and pastorally supervised layman who extends the office of the public ministry, serving at his congregation's request, often preaching and or administering the sacraments. Hey, that sounds an awful lot like the description of a pastor. Hmm. 
Hmm. What's the difference? Pray tell. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what is the difference, really? I well, ninety percent of these guys don't want to go to seminary. Do they get paid by the congregations? Is that one mm. of the some cases? Yeah. Oh. Huh. How much? Is that it? Is that what this is all about? <laughs> Are you suggesting that the insistence upon licensed lay deacons is cheaper? Uh, that's apparently how the whole thing started. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess that is a pretty good case. <laughs> I, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, isn't this whole thing a money argument? Yes. Nothing has been promoted from the Word of God. Now, I, I question this. Um, what we're saying is that we can have a, a person who is trained, supervised, but not a pastor, who can extend the office of the public ministry. Now, is there a scriptural description, uh, uh something from the Bible that talks about people extending the office of the ministry. I can't remember. I mean, so some, some people go to Acts, I think it's chapter 6, right? Acts 6. And so... Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, the deacon ministry. Did, but this guy didn't. I mean, I... No, he didn't, but sometimes do. But, but if we look at Acts chapter 6, what were those who were selected doing? Well, they were serving tables. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't get people together to so say, well, we need to devote ourselves to the Word of God, so why don't you preach for us? Right. They, they In were fact, it was precisely tables. the it was precisely the opposite of that. It's, we need to devote ourselves to the Word of God and to prayer. So you guys got to do this other stuff, not the stuff that we're doing. Right now, if licensed lay deacons want to carpet the the sanctuary, I don't have a problem with that. But licensed lay deacons are taking upon the uh, functions given to the pastoral office without a divine call, and uh, that that's the very thing that 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 is the indicator that God has placed this person in the office. Now, I think the struggle, this is where the tension comes in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, is that the, the I mean, if we came to the Christian church in middle of nowhere island where there's a group of people and there was no seminary to send this person to, um, and they wanted a pastor, they would, amongst the group of believers gathered together in that deserted island, select one to serve as their pastor. And that would be a divine call. I have no issue with that. That person would be divinely called because God uh, mediates his divine call through the local congregation. Um, the, th- the sticking point, though, in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod is that we have made an agreement amongst ourselves as Christians in a body that says we agree with one another, wink, wink, um, is that we will only place men into this office who have been uh, properly theologically trained and approved, that those who have, who have passed certain theological standards. And that's the sticking point, because that is more difficult. That doesn't just open up for any Joe Schmo. It means there's only certain people who can. And, uh, and there is a cost involved in training a man uh, to be a pastor. But I guess the question, is it a worthy Do you want pastors who have a theological education? Do you want pastors who know Greek and Hebrew? Do you want pastors who have learned church history and Lutheran confessions? Or not. And if not, I guess you can be a Christian congregation apart from the seal of the LCMS. But if you're in the church body, then that's the process that we've deemed for ourselves. That's right. Well, there is, let's see, about one minute left in this video. We'll finish it up on the other side of this break.
People Talk Radio. Well, we think we're funny. By the way, I think I got like a million points for using the term license plate deacon without you identifying it. This <laughs> is probably all we did. So the all you said was license I just said there said license plate deacon. Million table dog radio points. Okay. What are you gonna do with all those points? <laughs> uh, try to get down some student debt with all those points. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if that works. <laughs> Alright, this uh, oh, this video on license plate deacon continues based on the task force's own report as many as 118 congregations will close if licensed lay deacons are removed from ministry yet the licensed lay deacon process developed over 25 years is like a farm system for the seminaries hold on wait a minute i just i thought i heard the the guy say like 30 (laughs) seconds ago that for one reason or another 90 percent of these guys don't go to seminary, and then and then this whole thing start talking about how we need to rethink the seminary, and now the license plate deacon program is being defended because it's a farm system for the seminary. This goes under the category of make up your mind, buddy. <laughs> Who cares about the law of non contradiction? I mean, really, <laughs> that is just too restricting. That is, I mean, that's it's like so saying absurd. you're either a male or a female. I mean, come. <laughs> On. Right. This binary gender, <laughs> this binary office holder. I mean, who, who, what kind of, ar- an- or what is it, archaic thought and, and patriarchal worldview would say that either a person is a pastor or they're not a pastor? And it also would argue that seminary is either bad or not bad. You know what this is? A, this is appeal to sentimentality, this, uh, you know, this is uh, the, we got to support the license like deacons because it really is what's going to keep the seminaries going. Oh, and yeah, that's what I want. Probably it'll also help keep the Lutheran hour going too. <laughs> heaven's sakes! And this these hundred and eighteen congregations. Um, yeah. Hmm. yeah. What are these hundred eighteen thousand? Uh, hundred and eighteen thousand congregations no, no, or no. whatever. There's hundred eighteen. So the task force said apparently. 118 congregations will probably close if they don't have licensed lay deacons. And then it said, and then it said that these these licensed lay deacons are all going to be sent to the seminary. <laughs> what the? Well, so, this is just absurd. Okay, so far, let's look at the grand total of Bible verses quoted in defending the practice of licensed lay deacons. Zero. Zero. And that, ladies and gentlemen, by definition is nonsense. Nonsense. Okay, look, the video continues. About 10% of all licensed lay deacons go on to seminary already on their own motivation. Oh, that's the 10%. What is Reformation anyway? Yeah, but... Again, I mean, you're you're saying that only... Only ten percent on the one case, and now you're saying, "Oh, we have ten percent going to the seminary on their own yeah. volition." So we don't need some task force telling them to go to the seminary. That, by the way, is seven point three, because there's seventy three late licensed late deacons. Ah, okay, in the Northwest District. In the Northwest District. Yeah. That's right. That's a good point. So, uh, seven and a third of some other guy <laughs> is going to the seminary. Among other things, Reformation is a focus among everyday Christians on Christ alone allowing his scripture, his faith, his grace to shape the details of our lives. 
wait a minute. Okay, so this Reformation is to focus on Christ alone and let his scripture and faith and his grace shape our lives. As when, opposed to... Wouldn't you think then in making an argumentation for a new practice in the church, you'd have something to say about the scriptures? I mean, so far they haven't even quoted a singular verse to defend how there is some kind of a mysterious extension to the to the pastoral office. And yet they're saying that this Reformation is all about returning to the scriptures? If you didn't see that sleight of hand, I think you must be blind. We've been watching the Secrets to Master Musicians on uh, Netflix, you know, with the kids. Nice. That's what this is. Ah, good. <laughs> details of how we are organized as a church. That includes who gets to lead and how the training and supervision is structured. Ever wonder, after almost 500 years, if the LCMS needs a reformation in leadership training and support? Hold on, from- hold on. <laughs> after 500 years, the LCMS needs a reformation in leadership training? Boy, time flies when you're having fun. I know. I mean, this 160 years of the LCMS is like 500 <laughs> years in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, that's in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> after 500 years? That's, we've been doing this for 500 years? The sad thing According is... The Theological <laughs> Seminary established 18... You know what I think this proves is that we should probably beef up our seminary education with... Hey, uh, say that again. I lost you. <laughs> I think this what this means is we should beef up our seminary education with some more church history classes. <laughs> that are some math classes. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't let this guy be the counter. Get some licensed lay deacons to count the offering after church. 500, 600. Uh, anyway. More data and information for Reformation. Read Category Error, Common Sense in the Office of the Public Ministry in the LCMS, as well as other articles in Lutheran Mission Matters, The Special Issue. Special is about right. Okay, so that's pretty much the video. Now, this this article that's referenced at the end, um, that, let's see, Category Error in the LCMS, this this is written by the uh, right-hand man to the Northwest District President, uh, Dusk Kunkel. He's... Uh, executive assistant to what the is district president, uh, Dust Kunkel, is his name. Huh. And uh, so he wrote this article. That's an and, exciting name. And the basic premise of the of the essay is to say that uh, the task force is committing a category error to say that uh, the scriptures only have two categories for people: either layperson or ordained pastor. Um, rather, uh, he would assert that there's many roles opportunities for ministry that are not in one of those two categories. So that's the error. Now, my favorite part about the whole article is footnote 22. Can I read footnote 22? I would love to hear that. Okay. The LCMS has a disconcerting blind spot. It is primary monocultural church led by an older Anglo men of German heritage. It may be troubling for some to consider the last time German men were highly effective was in World War II. The LCMS leads towards systematization, centralization, centralized power, and elite theological training. While the German nation was forced to face this dark side after World War II, the LCMS has not finished this work. How much more Germanic cultural baggage must others carry before they are allowed to walk with the LCMS? SS Pastor Gagline. <laughs> now, SS Pastor Gagline and Wolfmuller here. I I, uh, I I emailed Dust on this point because I was 
I, I can't believe I, the guy's name is Dust. Yeah, it's short like, for Dustin. Shake the dust off your short, feet. Short for Dustin. Okay. So, um, but I asked him about this because that's a pretty, I think, audacious claim that it's our what Nazi heritage that leads us to the position that you should have a call in order to be a pastor. And uh, and so, in fact, we ended up going to lunch and we talked about his article. Um, but he said, no, 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 that's not a main point. Just ignore that I said that. That's not a main point. Now. I would like to read the sentence on which that footnote appears. Okay. This essay has identified philosophical assumptions rather than engaging in theological discourse. First, because assumptions are the primary issue. Footnote. Now, if you're going to say that assumptions are the primary issue, and the assumption that the LCMS is dealing with is that they're uh, come from a Nazi heritage, and that's why they would they'd believe these things, that seems to be the major point. But it's a little embarrassing footnote, and so Dust would rather you not consider that was mentioned ever in his essay and uh, ignore that and consider the rest. Okay. Well, let's do that then. Okay. So uh, what's we got to, you know, like our SS training teaches us us to do, (laughs) destroy the evidence. All right. So what's your, we have two minutes for this break. What's your final uh, conclusion on those who would say, uh, licensed lay deacons, as an extension to the office, are an essential necessity to the future of the LCMS. We should probably just—I mean, the, the, really, that's a criticism of Jesus, who apparently didn't see that necessity and therefore established the office. I mean, this is really—this is fundamental to our Lutheran theology, is that you ask the question, what is commanded? What is instituted by God? I mean, just for the last paragraph of Luther's large catechism of the first commandment, that we, if we don't have anything commanded by God, then we cannot expect blessings from it. We cannot uh, pray for the Lord's support. We're always asking this question, what has the Lord commanded? And we know that he has commanded uh, that pastors should preach and teach and administer the sacraments. And we also know that he's commanded that the laity, the church, all Christians would receive that preaching and rejoice in it. That's the Lord's ordering of things. And any attempt to disorder them or to reorder them is going to not only be foolish and ridiculous, but also fighting against God and his word, which we should avoid. Right. I mean, the the, the office of the Holy Ministry is set up by Jesus for the sake of the forgiveness of sins. And at the very least, by saying that, uh, uh, any, I mean, can you imagine the, con- the confusion that would take place? Someone walks in church, uh, you know, just kind of bob off the street, and he says, hey, I'm your pastor. You're like, wait a minute. You're not my pastor. You didn't go, go through the—we didn't call you. We know that you're not our pastor because we did not extend a call to you. But we're expecting the same thing of the, the licensed lay deacons who do not have a call and yet are saying, I can serve as your pastor. Well, what good order has said that you're serving in Christ's command in his stead in the public service of the church? Without a divine call, there is no indication to say that you're actually placed into that office. And so let us, first of all, look to the scriptures to understand what the office is and not make these argumentations upon dollar signs. But second of all, uh, just take it for what the Lord has given it to us and not trying to... um, uh, reinvent the wheel and end up in disarray. There you go. Let's take a break and then we're going to play Preaching to Hollywood after this. Yeah. 
shouldn't listen to Table Talk Radio. Reverse psychology? Or is it? Don't worry, it's almost over. Hey, let me tell you about what's going on in Rogue River this summer. Oh, yeah, hey, 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 what's going on in Rogue River this summer? I'll tell you, July 25th through 27th, uh, Faith Lutheran Church in Rogue River is hosting a continuing education class. This is designed for pastors uh, through the seminary. They um, will send out professors to various locations throughout the United States. Pastor Wolfner usually goes to one somewhere else. He never really wants to come to Rogue River for some reason. But Hey, I case, do. You're not exactly in the middle of the world. (laughs) Oh, I see. In any case, um, if you'd like to come, we're having uh, Dr. Cameron McKenzie come out to Rogue River July 25th through 27th. Uh, He's talking about Luther in today's context, and that'll be a great uh, great time. It is uh, designed for pastors, but lay people are welcome. In fact, they get a reduced fee, $100 for lay people or retired pastors, um, hundred and fifty dollars for rostered workers. I don't know what the cost is for a licensed lay deacon. Um, even though we have some come, I mean, licensed lay deacons are welcome. In fact, I'll I'll tell you, it's true. Licensed lay deacons love this class because um, the licensed lay deacons know that they need more training in theology than what they've been given through the certification classes, and so they love this class. So we encourage that. Uh, licensed lay deacons are welcome to come. And or anyone's welcome to come. But anyway, that's in Rogue River, July 25th through 27th. If you want to find out more about that, go to ctsfw.edu slash CE for continuing education. All right, we're going to go on to Preaching to Hollywood. This is where we listen to a song that you might hear on the radio and try to get our arms around what worldview is going on in the song. Our submission today is from Sean, who tells us to take a look at uh, Preacher, the song Preacher by One Republic. Here it is. When I was a kid, I used to buy and sell gravity. I knew how to fly, and I would teach you for a fee. Broke every window. When I was only five years old, a 12 year scholar, I did the same voice that go in my mind. Say, son, you got an angel that takes the devil at night. That's the song Preacher by One Republic. Uh, interesting song, Pastor. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, it, we again make the note that I think these Roman Republic guys have come up with, they put a lot of theological language in their stuff. 
Mm-hmm. We make the note that this song, this secular song, has more theology than most praise songs. <laughs> Unfortunately, so true. Uh, so what are, the, what are the first couple stanzas here about that talk about, when I was a kid, I used to buy and sell gravity, learn how to fly, but uh, would teach you for a fee. Um, I was only five years old with 12, 12, year old, 12 years scarred, uh, et cetera. What's, what's, what do you make of that? I don't. I don't know. I think it's uh, talking about he's, he was a particularly troubled kid, but he would, again, hear the same voice echo in his mind, and that's the preaching of his grandfather. Talk about God, something like a teacher. But then it, this is a particularly bad line. He said, God only helps those who learn to help themselves, which is a disaster of, a, of theology and, all, and wrong. Yeah, that's like if you take the teaching of the Bible and pun it away. That's what you'd get. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but he's a poor guy. He was a million miles from a million dollars. You can never spend his wealth. So he's kind of looking up to his grandfather who had some helpfulness to him. The grandfather preacher was helpful to him even in his childhood rebellion. I think that's what's going on there. Mm. So I think. What about I this think. line? Uh, son, you got an angel to chase the devil at night. Um, yeah, I don't know what that means. I, I mean, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, the evening prayer where we say, into your hands I commend myself. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. I think it's something like that. Um, but but the devil, I don't know, the devil at night is probably these troubled issues that he is dealing with as a kid. And so the grandfather is, I think, probably trying to say, um, look, I have the answer for you. Um, and the answer, unfortunately, is works righteousness. <laughs> that's That's the unfortunate answer. Um, but this is actually something you hear a lot. People, it's one of those cliches that is so common that people think it's somewhere in the Bible that God only helps those who help themselves. Yeah, it's really, it's really bad. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't have any idea how you could be anywhere near the Bible and think that that is going to be a true statement. I mean, you just look at the people that God helps, and it's. Uh, it's like saying that like s- pride or selfishness is the key to getting God's affection. It's wait, wait a minute. <laughs> the Lord uh, casts down the prideful and He helps the lowly. You know, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. The Lord's help is for the distraught. You know, for those who are at the end of their own, at the end of themselves. But I think the reason it finds popularity is that it uh, resonates with the natural religion that we're born with. The 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 religion that your sinful Adam worships, um, that is the religion of self-righteousness, works righteousness, so that when someone comes along and says something kind of uh, spiritual and it's, it resonates with this works righteousness, well, I've had an epiphany. This is the most profound thing I've ever come across because it's about God. It's about I mean, it gets—this is the thing. It climbs a ladder of mysticism and the ladder of moralism all at the same time. Hmm. So that, that now I have this insight from God about how I need to work on things. Oh, Lord have mercy. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it is. I mean, it, uh, it's a bad song. I mean, I don't, know if I, I, I don't know if I like the sound of it. I don't think it's terrible sounding. I don't think I'm a big One Republic guy, in fact. The kids, I don't know. The kids like it. I don't know. Uh, how, at least how, it didn't say, you know, when I was a kid, my grandfather was a licensed late deacon. <laughs> look at look at this line, repeated three times. Wave, 
put your hands up and hands down. Wave, put your hands up and your hands down. Wave, put your hands up and your hands You think that's one of those lines that's just thrown in there for the concert effect? I think so. It's all law. So when I was a kid, uh, my grandfather was a terrible preacher. <laughs> that's right. I, you know, this idea, though, he was a million miles from a million dollars you can never spend as well. That is that's something for the Christian to think about is that, you know, that, that we do have the treasure. Um, we, we, do, we have riches beyond measure. When we have the Lord's word in its purity, uh, and we have the the Lord's promises and in His and the Lord's gifts, and um, and this is something that that makes us, you know, wealthy beyond measure. So, so that but Paul can say that he Christ became he was poor, became rich for us that we might have the riches of God in Him, and so we have that. It's great. It's we we rejoice that. That we are kings and priests in the world, even if we don't have a you know any kingdom or any money or anything like that, because we have Christ and He has us. So that's that's helpful. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Know. Unfortunately, I didn't realize that this song just really. Repeat. Oh, oh, here's something else. Here, look at this line. Um, it, I took a little faith and put it in a parking lot. I drove to a strange town full of have and have. Notes, mine says. Nots. Yeah, it should be have nots. Oh, okay. It does say have notes. I'm looking at Google Play Music lyrics. Yeah, I am well. So that's, that's hmm. we're looking at the same source. Uh, yeah, as I walk through the, that storybook life, I'll be looking for an angel to chase the devil at night. Well, um, so I, t- I took a little faith and put it in a parking lot. <sighs> I don't know. You got me. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how you take a... I don't know, first of all, what a little faith is, and I have no idea how you leave your faith in a parking lot. Or a town full of haves and have-nots. Or, I don't even, I especially don't know what it is to <laughs> haves and have-notes. It's like, man, this people, this town, they're walking around with all these sticky notes, all these post-its <laughs> everywhere. It's a town full of have and have-notes. <laughs> You, uh, uh, I mean, uh, maybe yeah, just to, to be a commentary on further confusion. I mean, I mean uh, so th- this this song affirms the uh, the the fallen man's knowledge of his uh, own fallenness. Maybe not in its, its not in, in its complete severity, but um, uh, anyone who knows what it's like to go to a funeral knows that we're living in a fallen world. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, and also this, I mean, here's the world full of have and have nots, and we're out in the midst of the people, but we are ourselves tempted so that there's a need for an angel. Uh, so you got, I mean, an angel and a devil, and it's this I- idea that there is evil in the world and that we need protection from it. You know, that's also happening here. Well, that is Preacher by One Republic. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio, and thanks for listening to this edition, and we'll talk to you again next time. You didn't say Table Talk Radio. I was waiting for my cue. I I, I missed the cue. Now we don't. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. I was going to say something about an ordination of a licensed lady. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. The points are like all the ordination hymns written for licensed lady. Conversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding. The points are like all the money you can save by getting a pretend pastor. It's like the ancient right for ordaining deacons. More information visit tabletalkradio.org.
That right. It's like all the all the scriptures used in the defense of licensed deacons. <laughs> uh, 